0: Thank you for tuning in and now for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. You are listening to episode number 304, the final Tennessee turkey tag. And I am your co-host and the guy who does not have COVID-19.
1: And I'm your co host and the guy who's gone viral in the wrong way.
0: (laughs) I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Yeah. Wait a minute. You're not laughing. So maybe I am laughing at you.
1: If you can tell by Andy's introduction, one of us has the disease, the plague, the certain death waiting in the shadows.
0: Cameron, I can tell you that, you know, I haven't known you terribly long. I've known you for several years now, and I've enjoyed our time together. You know, I've enjoyed our hunts that we've had together. I've enjoyed our time talking and doing this podcast together. It's really been great knowing you.
1: I don't know when the funeral will be. It's uh, just a matter of days now. So I thought I'd record one last podcast because I am a COVID patient. All steer clear. If you're listening to this podcast, you should probably get tested. because. It may come through to your ears.
0: Well, and we're making light of something that we know a lot of people have suffered with severely. A lot of people have died from. And we're not really making fun of the illness and the people who have struggled and died from it. We're making fun of the way that this illness has been treated overall and portrayed the media and <laughs> yeah. so exactly how it's been portrayed by almost all of the sources as you know if you even write the word you will die from it but yeah. you know it, it's it is something serious and Cameron I'm really glad to hear that you and your wife have not suffered from a lot of the symptoms Of the illness. And, you know, I think it's a testament to your overall health, which goes back to what we talked about, oh, two or three weeks ago with the exercise thing. And, you know, your youth has something to do with that as well. And so, you know, I really am glad that it's that you guys have not had any more issues with it than what you have had.
1: Yeah. So a little backstory for the listeners this past Friday uh, my wife tested positive for COVID-19 and subsequently I tested actually I haven't tested positive but I definitely have it as of Sunday so she had some nausea symptoms and a little bit of fever early on and then I had fever for one day about 101 both pretty tired for that day we both just kind of laid around the house and now today we both woke up and neither of us can smell or taste but other than that we're both feeling a lot better today i don't have any fever neither does she her nausea is gone we literally just can't smell or taste my energy levels are back i actually exercised today and yeah i mean the only thing i have is every now and then i'll have like a little bit of a cough And it's not, obviously I haven't coughed since we've been on here. So it's not all the time, but every now and then it will hit me. But that's about it. I mean, the only big downside is I had a squirrel recipe I've been preparing for three days. Put it in the crock pot this morning. I was, I was pumped. I was wondering why I didn't smell anything, but I was pumped about my squirrel recipe. Put it in the crock pot, got it all ready to go. Chopped up all the vegetables, put it all in there. The onion didn't make me cry for once.
2: Hmm.
1: yeah that should have been tip off number one exactly put everything in the crock pot set it to go you know it's gonna cook all day it's almost done now but then i poured myself a big cup of black coffee took a swig and i was like man this is weak i didn't realize i made it this week it just tastes <laughs> like hot water Took it down a couple sips. I was like, this is weird. My coffee sucks this morning. Then I go in there and brush my teeth, and I was like, all right, something's up. I can't even taste the
2: toothpaste. Mm -hmm.
1: So Audrey woke up. She's got the same thing going on, so that kind of sucks, but it's going to give me a good excuse to get rid of a lot of duck breasts in my freezer. (laughs) I'm just going to not even season them and pan sear them and hope my taste buds don't come back (laughs) until they're gone.
0: Well, you still you still are gonna have to make them to where they're not tough.
1: I guess. I mean, who cares if you got to chew on a little more, a little extra jaw exercise? I mean, <laughs> you can't taste. You can't taste, man. I, I thought about, it. I was like, I well, always put some salt on them, and then I was like, why? It doesn't matter. I mean, I've I've seen videos of other people. I haven't experimented this myself, but they're just they'll just take a bottle of vodka and take a big swig out of it, and it's you know doesn't even up. <laughs> wow oh uh, but yeah so we're dealing with that but overall i think we're feeling fine right now i mean who knows it might relapse on us tomorrow or something so i'll update y'all again next week on how our health goes but so far so so good on it i think we're both in the road to recovery and hopefully it'll be done with soon and you know of course my mom decided to bring us over a delicious home-cooked meal with homemade cinnamon rolls and a fresh baked loaf of bread all today now that my sense of taste and smell is gone so yeah it does have its drawbacks
0: if you want to get full enjoyment of that meal that your mom cooked you could always sit it out on your front porch step and i'll be there in about three and a half hours yeah and i'll let you know how it was
1: it's gonna be i'm tempted to just freeze everything as is and and try this again another day
0: yeah you know it's hard for me to say what i would do if i were in your shoes but i i would be a heavy lean to do that
1: yeah well i'll let y'all know how my squirrel recipe turns out i have a feeling it's gonna be a little bland
0: yeah maybe a little bland You know, you should try some of these interesting foods from around the world, like haggis or, (laughs) you know, just different foods like that while you can't taste. And then that way you can tell people, I've tried it. I didn't think it was bad at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about getting just a whole sack of Carolina Reaper peppers and just put a video of me eating them like candy.
0: I wonder if that would work.
1: That would be so. My luck would be I'd get about three in, and then taste buds would come roaring back, and then I would be in complete and absolute agony.
0: Yeah, well, the thing <laughs> uh, I think the reason you would be in absolute agony is oh, 24 to 36 hours <laughs> later when nature Another calls. Part of my body
1: may not be <laughs> exactly
0: <I> feeling <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> He'd have to keep a fire extinguisher next to the commode. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, man, we have gotten so so far off a topic and down a rabbit hole. It's it's yeah. crazy, but you know, again, in all seriousness, you know the it it can be a very deadly illness for a lot of people, and I I am yeah. glad that That's you guys perfect. are not going through near the symptoms to cause any of that so we'll we'll continue to keep you in our prayers and hope that you don't have any kind of a relapse
1: yeah i sure hope i don't either yeah
0: so before we get into an actual hunt did you know that we are 206 days 12 hours 47 minutes and 15 seconds away from what we may think is opening day of turkey season in Alabama.
1: Well, in that case, then we must be 220 days, 12 hours, 22 minutes, and 18 seconds from what we know is opening day of Tennessee opening season.
0: So, you know, I mentioned that, and... Yeah, I
1: was going to say, why'd you phrase it that way?
0: The reason that I phrased it that way is I'm hearing... I'm not even going to call it a nasty rumor because I'm hoping that it ends up being the truth but I'm hearing that Alabama season could possibly be delayed in starting. Yeah. And that we might possibly not be 206 days away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama, but be more like 217 days away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama with an April 1 start. Wow. And I'm going to whisper this because if I say it too loud, it will not happen. Just like when I say regarding work, oh, yeah, I'm going to take off early, you know, take off at one o'clock Friday afternoon and go hit the woods. If I say that out loud, I'll be working until 7 p.m. So I don't say that out loud. So I'm going to whisper this in hopes that it really does happen.
1: Holy cow. So it sounds like Alabama listened to our podcast the other night.
0: I'm sure it had everything to do with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, I, that would be awesome. I mean, I really think that would be a, a big win for your state.
0: It would be a big win for the state. And, you know, really, it would bring us more in line with the states around us. And that's what we need. Mm-hmm. You know... I'm not. I'm not going to get on it again. But when you're one state surrounded by states that have three bird limits, and you're at a five bird limit, what are you doing? You are begging hunters from those states around you to come to your state when they tag out. Mm-hmm. Now that's not to say that they still won't, because they can come to your state, buy a license, and still kill three birds. But again if your season opens after theirs does and goes out right around the time that theirs does, or maybe it even lasts a week longer, I don't think you're going to draw a lot of those hunters from out of state into your state to hunt. Yeah.
1: One thing that's going to be interesting about that is I'll be interested to see the impact that has on Mississippi, Georgia, and North Florida, because... A lot of people like to start their season early who live above those states. And Alabama used oh, yeah. to be one of those destinations. So now those hunters are going to have to go to one of those three. Yeah. So, well,
0: and, you know, you, you, you look at that and you say that that should be a main factor in the decision of the, the powers that be to make the season dates. But really, the season dates should be set based on the science. And we know yeah. what the science yeah. is, you know. Yeah. So let's set it to that. Let's let a secondary or additional benefit of moving the season back later in the spring be that we don't pull in a lot of hunters from out of state. But you got to think that Mississippi, Georgia would pretty much do the same thing within the next couple of years and follow suit Mm -hmm.
1: one would hope that that sounds great i hope i hope that happens because i think alabama could use it and that should line up a lot better with the biology of the bird and their reproductive habits and will most likely save a lot of turkeys yeah future yeah and so yeah you'll have to keep us updated on that if they do actually pass that into law
0: I will, and I will be writing a very short and sweet letter to my representative for the Conservation Advisory Board in the state of Alabama to let him know that I've heard that this rumor is floating around and I am big time in favor of it. Yeah. So anyway, we've talked about Alabama and what we might be doing in 200 and some odd days, but you're going to share with us something that happened in Tennessee Oh, about 100 days ago.
1: Yeah, so this was my fourth and final bird of the Tennessee season. I haven't shared with y'all my third turkey. I believe I've shared both my first and second one from 2020. But I'm going to save the third one for a little bit later. And this happens the day after I get back from Texas. So I drove, Audrey and myself, I drove the whole way from Texas. We got home around 1 in the morning i had worked the next day so obviously i got up at four thirty to go turkey hunting and went to a little spot where i had heard some birds gobbling pre-season i had not been to yet mm-hmm. because as i've said on here before when i kill a turkey somewhere i'm done there i'm moving elsewhere i'm yeah. not hunting that spot again somebody else can go in there and kill every other one of them but it won't be me <laughs> yeah So I'm trying to conquer new ground at this point because I've exhausted three of my places with my first three birds. And so I'm on to number four. And so I went to this place where it's a swamp. I mean, we're talking swamp and not a very big piece of it. It was public ground. It's not a very big piece. I've never hunted it before. And I went and it was pretty flooded when I went. There was a lot of water. So I put on my hip boots. Walked in there, and there's a opening kind of at the beginning of it. And I didn't see any other vehicles where I parked. So I was like, oh, heck yeah, you know, I got it to myself. Wrong. I get in there, and I'm standing at the open area to listen is what I was going to do. Well, was you know, It starts getting a little bit gray, and light starts creeping in. I look to my right, and there's a guy standing there about 40 yards away. <laughs> <laughs> I look to my left. There's a guy standing there about 80 yards away. And I look to his left, and there's a guy standing there about 120 yards away. So there's four of us standing there listening. <laughs> I talked to the guy to my right, and he's like, Oh, yeah, my two buddies are past those two guys in the back corner back there.
0: Wow. It's
1: like, man, all right. This is a, you know, Tuesday morning.
0: Got him surrounded.
1: Yeah. It's like, if he gobbles us. God rest his soul. (laughs) So at that moment I decided, okay, if everybody, and this is where I think my, like, this is why I think I had a success on this hunt that you're going to hear. My brain worked pretty quick in this. I'm pretty proud of like how smart I felt after this, but I was like, everybody's standing right here. I bet this is where everybody's been standing and listening every day of the season. Mm-hmm. obviously everyone's accessing this piece of property from this spot. I still have 30 minutes before fly down. I'm like, these people might get mad that I'm about to do this, but I'm literally about to just shag tail through the woods to the complete other end of this thing back to the, where the water is, Yeah, which is a little over a mile. So I just put my head down and walked all the way to the other end of the property. And Started listening again. Didn't hear anything, but I at least felt alone at this point.
0: Uh, How big is this piece of property?
1: It's probably 300, 400 acres. Okay. Uh, In the particular block that I was hunting, it's kind of in blocks. Okay. And this block was 400 acres probably. And, I mean, there's a lot more to it than that, but, you know, it can be kind of choppy, especially with, like, water running through it and stuff. Right, yeah. Because, I mean, there's a pretty sizable creek or river whatever you want to call it that even with my hip boots i wouldn't be able to cross so it is mostly cypress and i mean it's flat it's just a complete bottom actually it's 300 acres i just measured it okay so from where i'm on my onyx app right now i'll tell you so from where i started the morning i walked three quarters of a mile is where Mm -hmm. i stopped walking and decided all right i'm if there were any turkeys in these woods i'm on the other side and my thought process was there's a gobbler in here. He is so conditioned to being called to from that other side. Right. And cause I mean, it was, you know, day 15, day 16 of Turkey season. If he's in here and he's still living, he knows not to go that way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so I want to be on the other side cause I bet nobody else is coming from this side. Um, so I started listening, nothing off the roost. I heard one bird gobble way off on private land that I couldn't hunt. So I just kind of wait and wait till it gets really good and light. And I know nothing's going to gobble on the roost and whatever's in there is flown down. And I just start easing around. I mean, every step as if, you know, a Turkey's around the next tree kind of thing. Yeah. With my hip boots, I'm trying not to slosh in the water and, uh, crossing little beaver runs and things like that. The hip boots really came into play. Another thing I think that gave me an advantage was the hip boots, because if you didn't have those on, you would have been sopping wet by the time you got to where I was.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think that helped a lot. And so this audio is going to pick up. I was easing through. I just crossed a little creek or slough. It was more of a slough and hit my mouth call and 90 yards away, pow, right on top of me and he's between where i am and the place where all the other people are so at that point i'm feeling pretty good yeah and so i moved up maybe another six to seven yards and found one of the only trees in there that didn't have water under it it kind of had a you know the ground was built up around the tree a little bit enough to where i could put my seat down and not be sitting in water yeah and I just sat down right there and thought, you know, hey, he's, if he's living in here, this is one swamp joker. He doesn't mind walking through water.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah if, he, if he's making it in here, he's having to walk through water somewhere. And so I sit down and get my gun propped up and ready to rock. I turn on my audio and I start calling some and you'll hear a hen yelps back to me and that's where things get interesting. So we'll go ahead and hop in here and start this hunt out and... Y'all listen in, and I'll come back in a little bit and explain what I'm seeing and the situation, and then we'll play the rest of the hunt for you. Cool. We'll see you guys about halfway through this hunt.
2: see Lord. Throw a call of an election. He's everywhere in here. The coming straight up. Maybe. circle, you know. Goblin fan not too long ago. Something in here,
1: though. Okay, yeah. So, as you just heard, that hen was ticked, and she came up to I mean, literally three to five yards from my gun barrel. Mm. I mean, and looking right at where I was. And I could hear just in the water. And um, she's yelping and cutting. And then, I don't know how to explain it, but turkeys... She didn't see me unless she saw me blink. I think that's always a possibility. But I don't think she saw movement because she didn't freak out and run off. You know? But you hear she starts putting. She just... I don't know if they have a faint sense of smell or if they just have a sixth sense where they know something's not right. And she started, she just like, she's walking straight at me, clucking and yelping and cutting. And then all of a sudden it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When she got in that five yard zone, it was like, okay, something's wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And she started getting nervous and she's putting and jerking that head, looking everywhere, you know, what what's going on? Well, instead of, you know, running off or me doing something rash, she just kind of starts circling the tree that I'm on and goes around behind me and just kind of goes back there and I can't see her anymore. And I forgot to mention before all this, as you heard in the audio, I said, I see him, I see him. There were two... Male turkeys. I don't know if these were gobblers or jakes, but they were going in and out of strut at about 60 yards through some thick stuff under the cypress trees. Mm -hmm. I'm presuming they were either subdominant gobblers or jakes because they just kind of stayed over there and weren't doing much. And I could just, you know, see aberrations of them every now and then. I'd see a fan come up and then I'd see a little black splotch going through the leaves kind of thing. And so that happened, and then the hen approached me, and what I just described happened with the hen. So then she is behind me, directly behind my right shoulder, and I finally call again. And that's where we'll pick up there, and you'll hear what happens. When I call, somebody answers. How far
0: mother. is the hen from you when you called? She She's behind I you. Guess,
1: but... I couldn't see her. If I yeah. had to guess, 30 yards. Okay. Maybe 20. All right. And you'll also hear on there the two turkeys to my front right that are males. At one point, you hear me say in that past clip, I'm about to throw my call over my left shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I did that to try to pull those two towards me and to my left because that would have brought them right in front of me to shoot. So what I mean by that, I cut my hand very slowly over my mouth with my diaphragm call, turned my head over my left shoulder, and throw my yelps that way. Yeah. So that's what ended up bringing the hen. She went around me. Then I call. Bang. He's right there. Here's We'll jump into that and let you hear the rest of this hunt.
0: All right. I can't wait. Let's go.
1: back
2: chills
1: (laughs) oh i miss it man why can't that be around i know
0: it i know it that was awesome
1: Uh, but yeah so the hen was behind me you hear me call you can't really hear it that great in the audio because he jumped right on top of it i mean second of my five series yelp he's 80 yards away maybe this turkey was to my left, not the two that I was seeing glimpses of. He hammers it. The two to my front right disappear forever. I never see them again because the boss is in town. Yeah. And immediately to him, when he hammers it, she starts yeah. kind of, here I am. Come on. And I'm sitting there like, yes, please come to
2: her. Mm-hmm.
1: And I see him and he's just strutting, coming through the cypress trees, walking through two inches of water. And he's going in and out of strut, and he came up to 25 yards. And that hen at that point had circled my tree all the way around me from my right all the way back around the left. And she's coming back into vision going to him. And he gets to 30 yards. And he's coming to her. They're kind of meeting up. And he got to 32 yards, I believe, and came out of strut and put his head up. And that was the end of him.
2: Hmm.
1: And you hear me after it's pretty cool. You hear walking through all the water to get to me. <laughs> yeah. And so I picked him up as quick as I could and got him up out of that water so he wouldn't be all sopping wet. And it it was, he he had a over 11 inch beard, weighed 22 pounds and had probably inch and a quarter spurs on him. He's really a good bird for a swamp turkey down there, but it was, it was nuts. Uh, That was one of the cooler hunts being in that cypress swamp with water, you know, two inches of water pretty much covering the whole thing like a blanket. And that gobbler coming through that. I mean, that was nuts. That's awesome.
0: How good does that walk feel back to the vehicle when you know that there's 14 other guys in there hunting that 300-acre block and you're the only one with a bird in the back of the vest or actually thrown over your shoulder?
1: Yeah, it felt pretty good. I know, you know, typically I'm... I don't want people to know I have success. I don't want them coming back to those woods, but they all heard the shot, you know, and there was only one route out. And I know judging by the amount of decoys I saw on my path out, (laughs) multiple people saw me walking out (laughs) I also had to be careful because I was like, I know there's a lot of people out here pursuing what's on my back right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was pretty satisfying, especially, like, when I got him back to the car and I thought about it and I was like, you know, like, that was pretty dead gum smart. Like, I I felt proud of myself almost as, like, you know, I feel like a couple years ago before I, like, really dove into this deal, I would have been sitting there with all the other people or probably just gone home. Mm -hmm. And rather than doing that, I figured everybody's on this side. I need to be on the other side. And yeah. I think that made all the difference. Cause I mean, those turkeys came to me like the, it was nothing, but cause I bet nobody had called to them from the riverside.
0: I mean, I can't tell you how many times that I've had success on a turkey hunt where I have approached that Turkey from the complete opposite direction that I would normally approach from. Mm-hmm. It's just, they know It doesn't matter if you're hunting public or private, but you
1: guys that learn you on private
0: land, walk trails, the same trails that run through your property, or you drive these roads, the same roads that run through the property and stop in the same spots on that road and call, or, or even just walking that road, calling, trying to strike a bird. Those, remember how good those turkeys can pinpoint that sound. They know you are on that road and how many more times have they seen people on that road than they have turkeys mm-hmm. so i'm telling you it's it's just one of those strategies that works and just like any other thing of turkey hunting is never going to work 100 of the time thank god but yeah. it just works and if you guys get a bird that's dealing you fits try it yeah if you have to walk two miles out of your way to come in the opposite direction to get to that bird. You stand a better chance approaching him from that direction than you do approaching him from the same direction saying, okay, well, I'm going to run a different call today or I've got Jim Bob with me and he's going to stay back 50 yards and call. Try, try that too. Take Jim Bob with you, try a different call, but still approach that Turkey from the opposite direction to see if it doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a game changer for sure. I mean, especially heavily hunted private land. If you personally are hunting it all the time and doing the same old thing every time, public land, you can tell, you know, public lands, where are people going to come from? There's mm-hmm. a the parking lot. Here's a really nice walking trail that leads mm-hmm. in here.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Here's a nice little knoll where the walking trail leads up to where everybody could listen from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very easy to kind of pattern what are, what are the folks going to do who hunt these woods. So my mindset is, all right, turkey's been used to being called to from here. What if I call to him, you know, if this is 12 o'clock, what if I call to him from 6 o'clock? Yeah. Hey, that might be all it takes. If I do the same series of yelps from one side of him to the other, that might be the only difference I need. Mm-hmm. Kill that bird. And so that's, that's what happened here, and I think that plus, you know, not— worrying too much about my setup i I typically would not have wanted to be around that much water but that was the only option that's what the whole woods looked like he was in there so i know he's okay with it yeah and then not freaking out when i knew the hen had made something out and you know running her off or whatever i just stayed real still and calm and she ended up He's around still nervous, but she stayed around long enough for big boy to want to come meet back up. She had been out of his sight for too long. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And anyway, it was a pretty awesome hunt. I was just sitting there and I was like, I cannot believe I'm tagged out on four different pieces of property. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't have to double up on any of them. And let me think every bird I killed there was another one either with him or right, you know, I at least heard another bird right there with him. So I know there was somebody to help reproduce, hopefully, even in the absence of the one I killed in each area. So I know those those should be good spots to go back to next year. Yeah. And that's what, that's why I do that strategy. One, it's more fun to hunt them in different terrains and different places. And two, it gives you a way to keep hunting like the same area year after year. And there yeah. will be birds there. <laughs> yeah. So it, that's been something that's really worked for me, and I think overall helps the turkey population because if I go in and murder four out of the same hundred acres, that's not going to be good. But Anyway, that was a pretty sweet swamp gobbler. That's where my for me that's that's the ultimate hunt. You know, other people like certain terrains down in the swamp in the cypress trees, wearing my hip boots. That is home to me. Yeah, that's what I grew up doing. That's where I killed my first bird. That's just what. That's it for me. That's the pinnacle of turkey hunting.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So that was that a heck of a way to end it. I was sad to not be able to tote my gun anymore. even though it was only April 14th in Tennessee, but not too sad. I just toted the cell phone camera the rest of the season.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, get it in what any way you can.
1: Oh, I mean, I'm not gonna. If I knew it was a two-year-old bird, which this one wasn't, but if I'd known it was a two-year-old, I'd still shot him. I'm not passing up a long beard when I get a chance and I have a bag available. Yeah. I'll shoot him, and then I'll go film turkeys the rest of the year. I I don't care. But I'm not trophy hunting for turkeys. I'm more about the experience than the size of the spurs and beard, although I enjoy really long-spurred turkeys.
0: Sure. Yeah. But We all like, like to win. outwit that boss.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've had two-year-olds whoop the soup out of me, too, so
2: <laughs> yes. they're all
1: special.
0: Yes, indeed. I think we all will take those two-year-olds no matter how we can get them.
1: <laughs> Always. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that was how I wrapped up my gun-carrying portion of Tennessee season, and couldn't have ended it better, and glad I got to share it with you guys, know there wasn't much gobbling per se in this episode, but the hen talk was pretty sweet. And it was a fun hunt. I mean, that was intense. Anytime even a hen is within ten yards of you, I mean that is a, a adrenaline rush.
0: Oh yeah, no doubt.
1: Trying to keep your composure and not move, or I mean I'm trying not even to blink and I don't I won't even look at her, you
2: know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm like you. I don't want I don't want to make eye contact.
1: Yeah, I don't even want to look at her. She might see my eyeballs move when I look at her. Like I those suckers can pick it. I don't know what it is. I mean, do you have any theory on that? Do you think they can smell you? Or there's something when they get in that ultra close range, even if you are still as can be in a blind, whatever it is, they sense you're there.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, some people would say they can sense your electromagnetic field. I don't know how much I buy into that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's we're really no different if you think about it because you and especially because you hunt but you can feel when something's not right when you're being watched Mm -hmm. and i think that us hunters really have that that sense because we rely on it so much something is out of the ordinary but you don't your brain doesn't pick up on it immediately because your eyes don't identify it but you know something's not right and then all of a sudden from behind that tree that you just have that feeling about outsteps the buck that you've been waiting on.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Or the doe, in my case, that you've been waiting on. Yeah, and, that's and
1: fine. Just to... Yeah,
0: I mean, it's just they, the turkeys have to have that in order to survive.
1: Yeah, look I think at, they have a heightened sense of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you look at how camouflaged bobcats are. how. Mm-hmm hello and
2: steady, they can move.
0: They are incredible hunters. Mm-hmm. Any feline is an incredible hunter, and if turkeys don't have that sense, I just don't know that turkeys survive.
2: Mm. I guess I mean, I guess
1: that's it. it it's just a uh, it's nuts to me because like she knew I
2: was there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those mysteries about wild turkeys and about hunting and about deer and any other critter that we hunt that we'll never know the truth of but you know we can we can all just speculate about it but it's there's something to it
2: something
1: there's something there mm-hmm. for sure yes indeed well, cool.
0: right, yeah. well Well, thanks for sharing that with us i i really appreciate that right. i know the listeners enjoyed that that was a lot of fun and i guess you know we need to get you completely over covid <laughs> and yeah, one. get you back to work sometime soon but it's your turn for the favor of the week and i'm oh, glad it's man. not a, a fever induced favor of the I
2: week.
1: oh i don't know man my mm-hmm. cough's coming on now mm-hmm. all right the favor of this week is go back to the old well like or share this hunt who doesn't enjoy listening to a live turkey hunt? You don't have to watch it. You can tell what's going on by my description and the audio. You know what's happening. Share it with somebody who you think might enjoy audio of turkey hunting. Somebody who loves turkey hunting. Maybe they have a job where they listen to podcasts or music all day,
2: hmm. or if
1: they're driving a lot and they can't watch it, share this with them and tell them, hey, you can listen to turkey hunts. This is a cool, cool way to participate in the turkey hunt without having to use your eyeballs so maybe check that out and share it with a couple people that would be the favor of the week we would greatly appreciate it and i think your friends would too if they enjoy this type of hunt awesome all right well
0: then it's time we wrap this one up
1: wrap it up take us home
0: thank you guys so much for tuning in this week we know that you have choices we appreciate you spending your time with us we hope you have a wonderful week and We look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews